0: Listener
1: production. Now welcome back sports fans to episode 141 of the Howie Games Part B. Featuring a man whose soon to be released book Drive of a Lifetime can be ordered right now. Jamie Wincup. Let's hit it. 2008, you do win your first title, and then you go on an incredible streak. 2009, you won. 2010, you come second. You just continue to win, and that's where you you bank up seven and become, as we spoke about, the GOAT at the start. What does a first title mean for you back in 2008, Jamie? His mission was to wrap it up today so they could have fun tomorrow. Well, right now, let the party
0: begin for Jamie Wincup because he's the champion. And he celebrates with a big slide across the line here at Oren Park.
1: And it's cool that, um, you know, the the V8 supercar coverage, whether it's been at 10 over the years or or seven of more recent times, is outstanding. And I love the immediacy of it. Like when you win the title, straight away the commentators can talk to you. You don't don't get that in other sports. And... I think your comment was, This is a big, big deal. And it was as close to emotional as I've heard you in a car at that point, I reckon. Because as we've spoken about throughout the whole thing, mate, you're pretty low key typically.
0: The moment Jamie Winkup has finally arrived. Congratulations, mate. Thank
2: you, boys. Big day, big day. We did it. Got over the line. It's amazing. What are
0: the emotions like right now? Is it relief? Is it excitement?
2: You, it's a bit of everything at the moment. So relieved, but this is a big, big deal. I'm just, uh, just so proud of everyone involved. Yeah, no, 100. percent It was a huge deal. You, all, I, I didn't know um, leading up to it. I, I hadn't thought about winning the championship. I was just trying to make sure that I, I got the got the points and did the job. And then once once um, once I crossed the line to know that the championship was mine. Um, all of a sudden you just start reflecting on your whole, your whole, almost your whole life. So it was certainly your life from when I was seven years old in that first go-kart. You, it, it almost, it's almost like an end of a chapter there where you've, you've just gone, grow, 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 grow. And then you get to this, you hit this milestone, you know, and it's, of course, yeah, that's probably, it was probably the second, you know, that was one of the, another one of the 12 times that, um, that yeah, there, there was some, um, there was a plenty of motion there because there was, there was a lot of grinding, and it's, it's hard work and grinding and sacrifice but you, yeah it's it's not you you, you want to do it you know you want to you want to just you want to do the hard yards you want to work hard to 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 achieve uh to achieve a big goal but once you get there boom it um it all it, you, you get this whole this whole this whole vision of from seven years of the last you know 20 or 15 years or so of your life just uh just hit you in the face and um, it was it was huge and I knew how much it meant to um, to my teammates, to my family as well. So it's always nice doing good things for for, for all, the, all the close people around you.
1: And from your point of view, and, and you mentioned very graciously at the start that you sometimes feel a bit weird up on the podium because it is a team sport but it's the driver that gets lifted up when the team wins and it's the driver that gets put in the corner when the team loses, let's be honest about that. Yep. In your yep. view, Jamie... Equipment aside, team aside, what has led you to be able to win seven titles? And
0: here comes the man who has now joined the greats, three-time V8 supercar champion Jamie
1: Whincup. What led you to be able to go on such a run where you were dominant, like we're seeing Hamilton up to this year, and we saw Schumacher, and we, you know, we hadn't seen it in V8 sort of scape, dominated with fire, but not the dominance you were pulling out. What's it take? Five championships.
0: He now sits up there with the greats. Uh,
2: it, it comes back to just that that constant grind and um, just trying to trying to get better. Just that belief and getting up the next day. Putting the feet on the ground, and how can I go better? How can I go better? And and getting as many people on that journey as you possibly can. Certainly within the within the team, you know, you have to have you have to have your, your your partner, family's got to be on board. You know, friends are got to be on board as well. Uh, and then of course you've got that huge team of people that you need. We need, this is a this is a big journey that we're going on, and we're not. We're just going to keep going. We're going to keep rocking up every year, and just no matter what it takes. We're no matter what's thrown at us from our opposition we're going to go one better it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what they bring to us it doesn't matter if we've we're, we're at 10 o'clock every night uh, seven days a week for four months it doesn't matter you know whatever it takes we're going to find the find the way to win and, we, and we're going to get there and that's what we did for a long long period of time And now to announce our 2014 V8 supercars champion from Red Bull Racing Australia, please congratulate the
0: 2014 V8 Supercars champion, Jamie Whincup.
3: That is such an outstanding achievement and we get to see this man continue on for the next few years and see just how far he can go, Scafie. Oh, look, he's an
2: absolute legend of the sport at this point with six championship wins. From 07 all the way, all the way through, Pretty much now we've just kept going, 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 and um, it's it's hard it's hard to win one, you know, and it's hard to hard to win two, but to to go on to go on a ten year run, and we haven't won, we haven't won every every year in ten years, mm. but we've just we've just grounded out as hard as we possibly can, with that being absolutely the um, the main focus in our life first and foremost, um, and it's been it's been an awesome thing to. To, to experience it with with my teammates and we've we, you know we've all been on the journey together, as you say i 've been the one ones down the top step of the podium, but there's been dozens of people behind the scenes that have, um, that have that have been on the journey with me.
1: How draining is it to be relentless? How draining is it to be to not get out out of bed one day and just say you know what i 'm not going to train today or i 'm not going to go down to the factory like after four or five or six it, the temptation must be to just, oh, I'm just going to rest on my laurels a bit.
3: Wow. Jamie Winkum is champion. Jamie Winkum has won his seventh title after a penalty for Scott McLaughlin. He's the champion. He is the champion for 2017. That is extraordinary. Is it a joke or are you
0: serious? It's a bad joke if it is. <laughs> it's a bad joke if it is. We are the champions, League.
2: Yeah, that's been the that's by far the biggest challenge, just to keep going. And you can't you can't do the same as what you did the year before because you get gobbled up by your opposition. You have to you have mm. to step up. You have to go again and again and again and again. Um, so that's been the that's that's been the challenge. But um, I've I've certainly enjoyed it. I, I, I have enjoyed I've enjoyed the ride. It's been um, it's it's been tough, and I guess you don't pay you. you you pay for it one way, shape or form. If you put nitrous in your fuel tank, the thing goes like a rocket, you know. But the the engine there's a little bit more wear and tear on the engine. It's not going to do a hundred thousand k's if you know if if you went if you just cru- if you put normal fuel in and just cruised along at half throttle, it'll do two hundred thousand k's, you know. But yeah, how do you want to live your life? Do you want to want to put the nitrous in and go hard till you? 65 or do you want to or do you just want (laughs) to just want to go half throttle and try to get to 100 you know yeah that's up to you to how how, how much throttle you want to run and uh and and how long you want to live your life but so we we were for 10 years there we were we were hard on the throttle uh and just pushing hard pushing hard it's not for free i'm not i'm not kidding myself it's not for free but um we wouldn't have it any other way what's the cost well the cost is long yeah there'll be some cost somewhere um, down the track you know uh, maybe I won't maybe I won't live as long as I probably would like maybe uh, maybe I won't have the you know that the, the capacity to keep to keep punching hard in my 60s 70s you know right. but but that's that's uh, it's, it's all it's all it's all a balance you know there's no it's not for free you don't just go hard and just work flat out every day for 10 20 years and expect to get away with it you don't get away with it but um as i say, i wouldn't have it any other way it's strategic and um go hard when you're young and
1: um enjoy the easy life when you when you when you get a little bit older i'm again because we we've established that you are a very private person so i'm a little bit wary about asking you this question so you, you answer it as you do you dealt with it in your book but uh you're passing of your father jamie how much impact did that have on you? Because this was a man that was with you on your journey, not as a, just as a father, but as someone that took you into your sport.
2: Yeah, that's the heaviest thing I've, I've um, had to deal with, no doubt, because dad wasn't, he, he was he was dad, he was my father, but he was my best mate at the same time as well. Like we, we would leave probably on a Thursday night to a go-kart race. Thursday night, I'd, I'd have the go-kart ready to go, packed in the trailer, all the sprockets were clean. We were we were ready to go. Everything was perfect. Dad had to just put. Pull, I pulled the trailer on, hooked it onto the back of the four wheel drive, and then off we would go Thursday night. And we spent forty at least forty weeks of the year go karting. And we were together from Thursday night to Sunday night. And we lived the journey. You know, we would have the biggest blues of all time. We'd, we'd share the wins. We'd share the heartache. And we were a, we were a combo. And he was my best mate. We'd we'd ha- we'd hang out and. Um, he was my biggest critic. He was my biggest fan at the same time. So, yeah, he was heavy. And he had been—he had been there from the start, all the way through. He was—he was at the last race in 2011, um, and then didn't quite make it to the first race in 2012. So, it was there was there was losing your father plus losing your best mate, all all mixed into one. Um, it was by far the toughest thing—toughest thing I've done. And the only thing I can do from here on in is just remind. Remind my, remind my mates and friends that when they are having a bit of a blue with their, with their mother and father, you know, they're, they're getting under their nerves mm. or, you know, they're just, oh, I can't, can't be bothered going and spending time with them, you know. They're just, they, they, they annoy me. I'm just like, hey, cherish the time you've got with your parents because they're, they're not around forever.
1: It's really good advice, mate. As you mentioned, your dad passed away just prior to the 2012 season. So I think it's a week later you have to get in the car at Clipsal. You go and win that race, I don't know where that sits in the wins you've had in your own mind. you can tell me, but how do you how do you segregate what you're doing from the grief you're feeling through the father yet you've got to go and do your job
2: yeah I, I had a job to do and if it was a if it was just me as an athlete doing the job, then it'd be a different scenario too. I've got a team of fifty people and we were all going to adelaide five hundred and they 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 expect me to, to do the job. They, you know, I've if they've built this car over over months months of hard work and preparation. We've built and designed this car and taken it to the track. It's my job to showcase what that car can do. That's no more, no less. Just just you get the most out of that car and, and showcase what the, what we've been doing. So I, I went into the zone of I, I need to go and do my job for the uh, for, for my teammates, and um, and that that's exactly what I did. There was. There was no time to be selfish and uh, and and let let my personal life affect um, affect what I needed to do that weekend. But you've
0: got to applaud this man who's put together one of the most perfect efforts you'll ever see in playing victory in the season
1: That's a very black and white answer, though. Like I, I know that's you, and and I know that the fact you've been trying to dynamically engineer the best. Uh, pram for your youngster yeah, when it's coming yeah. <laughs> but that, that, you know that's that's one thing to say but it's not the easiest thing to do i wouldn't have imagined like you you've brushed over that in a way mate yeah
2: yeah yeah but that's um that that was my mentality i had to adjust my mentality to go this, i need to i need to get the job done this weekend um it was t- unfortunately for me there was a minute silence for the passing i'm not 100% sure who it was but we had a minute silence before the race uh, so unfortunately that gave me an opportunity to reflect on dad passing and what what I was going through so that wasn't ideal that was that was quite tough but I just had to get myself back into hang on I'm here to, I'm here to do a job um, And of course when and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this when you, when a, a friend or a family member passes away in some way the first two weeks is, is isn't as tough as as the weeks following, you know, mm. because it's all it's still all about them. It's still fresh. You're still spending most of the time thinking, talking about dad, and he it was like he was still there. We were planning his funeral, and it was all about him, you know. So that wasn't tough. It was almost um, it was almost we had a had a job to do. But then it's the times when dad hasn't been around for two weeks, three weeks. That's when that's when it really starts to get painful. Plus, any major event. Birthdays, um, Christmas time, Easter—all those major events. After that, that's when it's really tough. And I'm, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not pioneering here, but I'm sure everyone can can relate to it. That the toughness isn't straight away; it's it's afterwards. So I was able to get through that of 500, um, just focusing on the job and um, putting it in the back of my mind to some degree. It's
1: 2012. We we mentioned those first three Bathurst wins. It's a team, and Lowndes is in the car at the end. 2012 you're in the car at the end and you got Dave Reynolds up your bloody exhaust pipe and you're running out of fuel. (laughs) I was looking back at the highlights and they're saying, the the mechanics are screaming to you, big conserve, big conserve, like save your fuel.
3: So Uh So big conserve, the word from Mark Dutton, and at the same time James Small saying they're conserving, mate. Get him, get him, get him.
1: Now... Describe what it is like when you are trying to win Bathurst in the car over the closing stages and the race is right hot. And that's been the mate, the great thing about Bathurst for the last 15 years. It has become a sprint. There's no more of that lap or two wins or half a lap. She's Don't miss that last hour because it's red hot motor racing. It's, it's, it's great credit to the sport and everybody involved because it's must-watch TV. Yeah, yeah. So
2: you're... you're... There, there is it's hard not to get frustrated because there's a huge balancing act going on like it's so the team the team have a massive focus on we need to we need to finish the race on petrol that's their that's absolutely at the top of their list we need to manage this to make sure that we get to the end of the race and not run out of petrol you know so they they every 100% of the radio call is just conserve fuel, conserve fuel, conserve fuel, get to the end on fuel, you know? But in the car, you've got you got the fuel, you've you've got that you've got that issue going on. Right? You've got that I need to make sure I conserve fuel. But inside the car, that's not the highest priority. it's it's it, it, it probably is the highest priority, but there, there are two or three other things that are exactly the same. You've got to keep, you've got to still be competitive. You've still got to put punch out lap after lap at, at almost qualifying pace to, to keep the guy behind you.
0: So to get close enough, that's the job for Reynolds to try and make a move. We've already seen him pull off an unwindly gutsy move down here at the chase. If he can get close enough, no question he'll take another dive. We know that
3: he's been largely bulletproof under these pressure situations, Jamie Wincup, but he's really got a battle on his hands at the moment because there's no question that there's some pace in that car of David's.
2: You need to make sure you don't burn your tires up. You know, you make, if you if you push too hard over the top, you just burn your smoke your tires up, and then all mate's going to get past as well. So mm. you're juggling tires, you're juggling keeping your mate behind you, you're juggling your own fitness as well, trying to make sure that you're Breathe down the straights and make sure that you'll absolutely get pinpointing every single lap.
3: They tip your toe around Murray's corner. Jamie's got nothing left under, breaks into the last corner. So Davey is right under him. It was a 2.10.9 for Wimcup, a 2.10.8 for Reynolds. There's point three of a second in it.
2: Plus you've got the fuel to consider also, you know. So you've got all these balls in the air and the team are, the team are just focusing on this fuel and you're like, guys, we're okay've I've got a little bit fuel I've got a little bit of fuel in the in the tank can you can you help me out here and on you know, saving petrol oh, can you help me out on saving tires can you get, keep giving me the distance from from davy Reynolds behind so it's this big balancing act and you just hope you get it all right and on that day yeah we we uh, were able to
1: balance the whole thing out and uh, and we got to the line before anyone else and how do you deal with the pressure of the bloke in your rearview mirror and he's pushing and he's pushing and he's pushing
2: um it, d- it depends on the scenario. So there, we, we had we had pace in the right areas of the track that day, you know. So while Davy was was, as you say, on our exhaust pipe and he was fast. We, we the, the big places where you where you pass at Bathurst, we were actually quite quick just before that. So we we weren't in a position where we we're really vulnerable, um, certainly at the end of the straights and down the bottom of the hill where all the passing was uh, was gonna be done. So there was a little bit of comfort there. Of course, he still could have lunged, you mm. know, you had to still make sure that uh, you're far enough ahead that he didn't, didn't take a, a big lunge over the top of the hill. He's gotta come off the dipper, this is the spot. Got to get round the left, and now tuck in hard to the right and get off here. No, still not good enough. He just drops the car length. He's got to be closer. And of course it was conserved fuel, but if Dave's on me coming into the chase because I've conserved fuel down the main straight, then he's going to pass me. Of course he's going to pass me. So trying to, hey, I need to get down this straight fast, but I need to conserve fuel in the right areas. It was a big juggling juggling act, but, yeah, as I say, we got there.
0: What has Reynolds got left in the tank? Has he got enough? Is he close enough to make a move on our championship leader for the second year in a row? This goes right down to the
3: final turn. They're both brilliant. Oh, Oh! big slide for Winkup. He just barely
0: hung on to a thing. They've both done a remarkable job. Only seven drivers have won four or more championships. Today, Jamie Winkup joins the greats. He gets his fourth. Paul Dungrell gets his first. And David Reynolds on the podium, a whisker away from victory in a classic 2012 race.
1: And how do you celebrate a Bathurst win? Like... Do you get out on the town or are you just absolutely cooked? Or And then you've got to do those sort of 6am crosses to whether it's Channel 10 have got the yep. coverage or Sunrise if 7 have got it. She's an early kickoff the next day. I've seen it's a few bleary-eyed operators in the past. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you've had a huge week, a
2: huge day. You're completely spent there. Um, and Bathurst, most of the time, There's dead. Yeah. There's nothing going on. Maybe one of the local... Um, establishments will be open till ten o'clock, but generally it's uh, it's absolutely dead. And you've got that in the back of your mind. Yeah, there's a six o'clock six o'clock uh, press conference, and um, I think the best photo we've seen in our sport is Loundy and Murph still in their race suit, sitting <laughs> sitting in pit lane for the live cross literally asleep waiting for the uh the cameras to roll (laughs) so they can get up and go yeah we won bathurst and and back to bed again you know so they they did it the best when you're young yeah you you uh you you certainly go out and celebrate it as a team but me in my older years late 30s um yeah it's uh it's go home try to recover make sure you hydrate and um, and celebrate the weekend after
1: back to Jamie in a tick. No shortage, no shortage of steerers have been on this little podcast before. From Jack and Larry Perkins on episode seven, Mark Webber. Hmm. Episode 29, James Courtney, episode 34, and Sir Lewis Hamilton, before he was a sir, back when he was just Lewis, on episode 48, to Lounsey on episode 55, Scotty McLaughlin on episode 78 and 126, and Danny Rick. On episode 90, we have got petrol heads well and truly covered on this show. Now, a man that has some cracking racing stories and broadcasting stories as well on episode 93 is F1 legend Martin Brundle. This is a man that for many years sat in the same booth with the late, great Murray Walker. And he was like, I can't tell you anything about Formula One, Martin. I said, come on, Murray, yes, you can. He said, I'll tell you one thing. Just remember, we are only here to inform and entertain, nothing more. <laughs> and I thought, and I remembered that ever since. And I I joined Murray in the commentary, uh, and. You know, I'd have my hand on his shoulder and if I wanted to say something, I'd squeeze, now squeeze a bit harder. Then I'd get my fingernails underneath his tendons and <laughs> squeeze really hard. And then, he might, then he might stop talking. <laughs> he was so enthusiastic. I'm absolutely convinced if I'd have crept out the back of the commentary box, he would never have noticed until after <laughs> the race had finished. He was so on it. That is Martin Brundle on episode 93. Let's get back to Jamie. So that's when it goes well, mate. In more recent times, well, Bathurst is tough to anyone. Everyone that's won it has had had problems. You mentioned the fuel. Famously, 2014, there's a debate between you and your team about fuel, which you describe really, really, really well in the book. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Fuel at this
2: stage, we got, we're not going to make it. I need you maximum save. You've got two seconds to go behind. Maximum save, mate. We're not going to make it. We're just going to have the chance at...
3: They'll have very accurate fuel burn data. They'll know exactly what they're looking at at Red Bull. They don't leave anything on the table. He's in
1: trouble. What happens when you make a call and, uh, well, your man Roland Dane, who used to scare me (laughs) when I was (laughs) in the V8 category, he was quoted post saying, Jamie has won a few races over the time but this one he lost for us, and that's Roland. It's a brutal quote. How do you go back and face the team when, oh, when you've let them down?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's brutal to like for for a teammate to say that. Hey, you've let the you've let the team down. That's um that that hurt. That cuts. You know that's a that's a knife. That's a knife in the heart and twisted all at the same time. Um. That this 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 so. M- you, you have to. You, you, of course, you got to work together as a team. But any, any, anyone in any team, you you have to take initiative at times, you know. And if you can see, if you can, see, if you believe a mistake's about to happen, then it's irresponsible. You're not being a team player if you if you don't react to it and try to try to try to, try to make amends for it. So, um, of course, like exactly the same as 2012, exactly the same as 30 30 other races before that. Um, it was about fuel, you know what I mean? And, of course, once again, it was at the highest priority for the team to make sure we finished finished the race on fuel. I was I was trying to juggle it all. I was trying to juggle the tyres and everything yeah. else up at the same time. So um, I, I did the best job I possibly could. I wasn't – I think the – I'm not sure if the telecast – I'm not sure if they were getting my radio messages. You don't back from, we're
3: talking maximum minus 100.
2: I don't think he can hear them. I'm sure there
3: must be something wrong. as his earpiece out? Paul Dumbrell can't believe it. This has continued to escalate. Wincup has been told over and over and over again, back off. And the protocol always with Jamie Wincup is he always goes back and says copy. He hasn't said copy at all. I'm not sure whether he can hear at all on this. Fuel for one lap and you've got a lap and a half to do, copy that. Focus on his earpieces, they are copy. plugged in, I can he cop- see he's plugged in. He copied then, he copied then, he pressed the button, the radio button, he said copy. Mark Dutton just said, you've got one and a half laps to go, you've only got one lap of fuel left, copy, and he went bang on the radio, he understood the message.
2: It came across on the day that I'd actually wasn't listening to the team, I'd almost pulled my radio out and I wasn't listening to the team and I wasn't working at one, that wasn't the case, I'm not sure if... If they if the telecasts weren't okay. getting the weren't getting the radio, or they were choosing not to get <laughs> choosing not to to uh, to get the radio to make the story better, but um, you know, we were working as one that day, and we were we were we were on track to to finish that race, and to once again, it was another scenario where we were, we were about to steal the race. It wasn't actually ours to win. We we start off the back row of the gear mm. grid from mistakes. We went two laps down in the middle of the day. We were going to steal this race from somebody else, you know. It wasn't actually ours to win, Um, but we were giving it absolutely everything we had to to steal it. But um, what it came across in the telecast wasn't what was going on. We were working together, and then we knew the reserve tank. You hit the reserve tank, and once you hit the reserve tank, you've got two laps of Bathurst. It's four laps around most tracks, but a Bathurst is two laps. When that reserve tank hit at two and a half laps to go, we... Uh, driver and team, we knew them were in trouble. But before that, we were doing what we usually did, yeah. balancing it all up. Yeah, conserve more, conserve more. You always want to conserve more. You want to conserve more tyres. You want to do everything you can to get a little bit in the bank. But it, it, it shocked a lot of us with two and a half laps to go that, hang on, we're not going to make it on petrol. We're not going to make it flat out anyway on petrol. So um, that's um, that was the first time that we knew we were in big trouble. He
3: comes away. Zurk for Ford Performance Racing. This kid is going to win this thing today, and so is Paul Morris. Has not let a lap all day, Cropper. Not let a lap. Jazz Mostyn is going to win with Paul Morris. So, extraordinary you know, motor race, so cool. something you, you have, have never, never seen before.
1: Yeah. So, is it two thousand is it two thousand and twenty at Bathurst when you put it into the wall? Yes, last year, yes, yes.
3: Oh, that's pretty much the same manoeuvre that Tanda tried to put on when Tander got down there, no problem. Does he let Jamie go by? Yes. Oh, no, he doesn't. Wiccup has made a massive
1: mistake. They're out. That's over and out for car AAA. Okay, so in that situation, and I only bring this up because you know, you talked your book is, is about learning and that's what this podcast is about, learning. It's not to highlight mistakes because everyone makes mistakes. In that situation, do you apologise to a team and afterwards are you, do you have that rare ability to go, right, it's done, I just need to look forward or do you sit at home for a night or two and go, "Geez, I'm, I made a mistake there and it's, it's cost us.
3: Cup and Lowndes are out of the race. 129 laps remaining.
1: He will be filthy. How, how do you deal with those big failures on, on in a really public situation that Bathurst is, mate?
2: Yeah, well, I've probably learnt from the Gary Rogers scenario that, yeah, if you do make a mistake and end up in the wall, as hard as it is, go back to the team and apologise, you know, just say, hey, I, I didn't put in my best performance today. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, you you, got, you deserve more, but it is what it is. In the back of the mind, you are going, hey, you can't, you can't win every race. You can't be at your absolute best. Every, when you expose yourself as much as we do, fourteen race which is there's 20 25 races a year for fifteen years, mm. you're not going you're not going to be able to put in your best performance at every single one. You know, if if you're putting in more bad performance than good performances, then you then you need to give yourself an uppercut. But if you're if you're putting in good performance after good performance every now and again, unfortunately, the yeah. the probability is that yeah you're going to have a bad one every now and again. And unfortunately, I had my bad one in 2020 on the biggest day of the year, which is um, which is painful. So go back, apologise. Don't beat yourself up too much at the time because that's not the right thing to do in the heat of the moment. But I'm a big believer. Of, I, I hate the saying, um, there's always next year, you know. For me, that's what the losers say. There's always <laughs> next year. Yeah, there's always next year. But no, hang on. You you had an opportunity and you're never getting – 2020 Bathurst, that's not you're – not, you're not getting that back. You're not getting another opportunity. That's gone. You, you didn't make the most of it. It's never coming back. You've got to live with that. You've got to uh, learn from it. And there'll be another opportunity in 2021. Um, and you just make sure you learn from 2020. But um, not, oh, don't worry about it.
1: There's another day. That's, uh, as I said, that's what the losers say. You've had some incredible experiences. I remember covering the GP, I want to say 20 2010 probably, when you got to drive... Um, I think it was Vodafone was sponsoring your team and, and, um, and Button as well. And you jumped in a Formula One car. Jensen
0: Button is the handsome British Formula One world champion. Jamie Wincup is an Aussie V8 superstar. It made for a gripping intercontinental shootout. Their insurance companies are just glad it wasn't the ashes.
1: Is it like me driving my ute compared to you driving your V8 supercar? Is that different from a V8 supercar to a Formula One car? Yeah, it's probably like
2: you jumping in a supercar and just, just going flat out, you know. Um, for me, jumping in a, in a Formula One car. It was the sheer power, the sheer acceleration of the, and also the grip, the sheer performance of this car just absolutely blows your mind.
0: How much of it is the car and how much is the driver? Uh, it's, for me, it's, it's a pointless question to answer because nobody knows.
3: It's also a question Australian V8 supercar champion Jamie Wincup has asked. And today, the racing gods answered. The two drivers got to swap cars for the day. Forget the left-hand clutch and left-foot brake. This is the first time Jamie Wincup has ever so much as sat in a Formula One car.
2: The only thing I can compare it to is... I felt like Coyote on a rocket trying to trying to catch a road <laughs> guy. You know what I mean? It just absolutely out of control. You, your head is just pinned against the headrest. You've got no chance of holding your head off. I, try, I tried once. I was like, can I try to get my head off the headrest? You've got no chance. You're absolutely pinned against the headrest, going, going as, as hard as you possibly can. Um, and I was in control. Of course, in some way, it's one of the easiest cars to drive. It's probably the hardest car to get the most out of. Yes. But in some way it's the easiest car to drive. You have got a steering wheel and you've got a big go pedal and a big stop pedal. There's no there's no clutch. Well the clutch is behind the steering wheel. But once you're going, it's just go stop and turn the thing. So it's it's actually it's actually quite easy to drive. Um, and you're I was just hanging on to this this car and just absolutely getting huge thrills out of the little short straights, the second gear corner, you come out of a second gear corner, accelerate second, third, fourth into the into the next one around the back of the circuit, just getting massive thrills out of how fast I was getting from one corner to the next. Um, and then of course you come down the straight, and I've only ever got six gear. So and and <laughs> you've got this, you've got this thing in the back of your mind, this little calculator that goes on, and you know exactly you don't think about it, but you know what gear you're in. And it's just, it's in the back of your mind. You know exactly what gear you're in because you're, you're automatically counted. But then, as soon as I pulled seventh, I, I was like, my brain just went, well, I don't know where you are at the moment. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you're at. I don't know how many gears you need to get back to second, you know? So, pulled seventh. I was in a new world and went, oh, hang on back. Look at the dash. Yeah, I'm back and forth. Yeah, happy days. So, no, it was, it was, I've got this 12 minute movie in my head of four laps around. Um, around um, Albert Park, which I'll, I'll never, ever forget. It was one of the best experiences of
1: my life by far. It's caused some friction in my house, so I won't tell you who's going for who, but my wife and I are diametrically opposed, and by the time this comes out, there might be another couple of big hammer blows landed. Are you cheering for Hamilton or Verstappen to win the world title? Oof. I'm, I'm obviously cheering for
2: Max. To, to to win the title. But Because of the Red Bull connection. Because of the Red Bull connection. And <laughs> I'm Australian. Of course I want the underdog to get up and win, you know? <laughs> that's just that's just the way we're wired, But I've got massive respect for Hamilton as well, you know. Like what he's going for eight. He's going for he's eight. He's going for isn't eight, he? yeah. Going for eight, which is massive, you know. And as so his um his resilience in the sport is to keep going at his age to, to beat Max, you know Max, who's absolutely yes. at his at his peak in a in a car that's probably quicker than his. Yep. If he gets up, how do you not massive respect Hamilton? You know that that would be that would be absolutely huge, and not have massive respect for the guy. But I'm going for Maxie to uh, to to maximise
1: his car and just and get out there and do the job. So I'm all about Hamilton, and my beautiful wife Erica is all about Max, and. I can't believe it, but we've had some – when they've come together a couple of times this season, we've had a heated <laughs> debates, Jamie, about who's at fault. She's lecturing me saying, well, you, Lewis has turned in early. I'm like, what are you talking about? Max is all over him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, the, the other thing that – I mentioned the Domino's pizza. The thing that really tickled my fancy because it just didn't seem you, but, geez, you did it well – was the, the series you did with Lounsey. There's one Backyard to Bathurst where you blokes are just playing sort of bogan punters. Hey, J-Dub, you seen who's moved in next door?
2: Oh, those blokes are calling themselves V8 drivers. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. <laughs> around the backyard, like they're 200 points up in the championship. you think those blokes would be concentrating on the mountain after the performance they put in last year. you think we'd struck gold having V8 drivers move in next door? Garage be full of jet skis and motorbikes and all the toys. Mate, you know, it'd be thought it be like neighbourly
1: and all and we'd look after it when they're away racing, but no, nothing. I've seen more action on a blind chess tournament than what happens over there. What do they do all bloody day?
2: i tell you what they do. Sweet bloody nothing.
1: I don't know how long they took to film. Filled me with joy, Jamie. Filled me with joy. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? We've done a few. Well, yeah, the, the one, one where you're on the front porch and there's V8 drivers moved in next door and uh, and they're oh, mowing yeah. the lawns and stuff and you you blokes yeah, are sort yeah, of sitting yeah. on there and you know should we go over and see them I loved it I love everything about those
2: yeah no Red Bull creative come up with those scripts and we we really enjoy it we enjoy it we quick get it get up in character and And we try to we try to respectfully take the piss out of the other drivers and teams, you know what I mean. And sometimes it's not all respect. Like sometimes they do take offence to it, and uh, and use it as motivation. But um, no, we we politely um, we politely take we take the piss out of ourselves, and of course um, other other teams as well. I think Lounsey hit a snow. Year to snowman. I think we we're having a crack at Frosty when he, <laughs> yes. he said he had sun glare. He came out of turn one, turned Frosty around. It wasn't, it's not a funny scenario because Frosty was probably going to go on and win that race and he got turned around.
1: The old bombardor sounds as bad as it looks. Oh, come on, bro. This thing's seen as much action as Shane Moore in the 90s and she's as faithful as a tied up sheep. Ha! She might
2: be reliable, but it looks like it's on the the Arbor at Hidden Valley with old mate Frosty. Nothing like a bit of circle work in the paddock to get the blood pumping, boys. Oh, yeah. But um, we tried to make light of the situation in with uh, with Red Bull Creative. But it, it, it's not last. I'm sure there'll be
1: uh, sure there'll be a few more. We'll, we'll, we'll keep them going for the next few years. That's for sure. I hope so. When you crash, when you're involved in a big incident, it's the it's the it's the stereotypical question for all motor racing drivers. But they have very very different views on it. When you've had big crashes, which you've had how do you go about resetting yourself to get back in the car because it is a dangerous job that you do we were both at the circuit when mark porter died at bathurst it's never far away you know i remember i remember trying to get shots of chaz over the cyclone fence when he was getting loaded into the helicopter and i remember when i saw that crash you know, it's not a nice thing to talk about, but I remember thinking, Jamie, he could be dead. That—that's the impact of that crash. How, how do you deal with that side of your sport? Oh,
3: big, big, big crash and a massive moment for one of the Pepsi Max cars. Into to the car out of business for Chaz Mostert, the reigning champion, has had red a monumental flag, flag, crash. Flag, this flag, will be a red uh, flag. Accident. Turn, 18, turn 18, has had a terrible
2: accident at the top of the hill. Uh, you, you have to, you have to forget. You have to not think about. That's the. That's the thing. If you if you think too hard about uh, the chassis scenario and the other major events that have happened in the sport, then um, it, it's, you're at risk of slowing yourself down. You know, you've got to be aware, you've got to be aware that it's, you've got to be respectful of the race car and, and, the, and the sport we do. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. You cannot disrespect the, the speeds we're going and, uh, and, the, and the implications, but it can't be front of mind. You know, and in some way, you've got to be a little bit naive and um, and just focus on going going fast. You know, so the big. Cr- I, I I'm lucky enough. Um, I've never been in a, well, I've been in a car where I've been a little bit. Um, intimidated by the situation when it's wet and, and your front windscreen is completely fogged up, you can't see where you're going. And there are thoughts of, hey, if a car is spun in front of me here, I don't know what's going to happen. But mm. they're very rare. They're very rare. Most of the time, you're thinking, how can I go a tenth faster? And I've never been in that scenario where I've been, oh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm fearing for my life here. But that's unfortunately... That's not the same for everyone, and uh, in, in every race we've done in our sport, you know. And my, I think kids potentially um, have a big impact on that. You know, if, if you're in a situation, we are thinking of kids or thinking of loved ones, then um, then then you are in a bit of trouble. So I'll, I've been lucky enough not to have had that scenario. So it's a it's a dark part of our sport. It's a, it's a part of every sport as well. There's not yeah. many sports in the country that don't have, um, you know. Unlucky, unlucky incidents where where it's it's turned pear shaped, but unfortunately, that is part of sport, you know. And I've I've always said, if the day that the crowd are sitting on the side of the track and say, and everyone says to themselves, I reckon I could do that, that's the that's the day we don't have motorsport, you know. Mm. If you sit if you sit in the grandstand and watch the cars go through the first chicane at Gold Coast. And you think, hey, that's a little bit crazy. That's what makes up our sport, you know. And we we need to do absolutely everything we can to make the sport as safe as possible. But at the same time, it can't be completely sterile and 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 you know a, a scenario where we're wrapped in wrapped in bubble wrap and nothing can go wrong ever. You know, that's th- therefore we don't have we don't have motorsport. So we've got to find that nice balance.
1: Jamie, you've been so good with your time. I've only got a couple more questions for you. Before I ask you this one, I'm going to tell you a brief story. You are soon to become a team manager. Congratulations, by the way. It's a fantastic step from the race car to uh, running the race team and obviously a big step. When I first started in the V8 supercars for Channel 10, it was, you know, early 2000s and it was a bit more wild than it is now and I was pit lane reporting and I'm not going to tell you whose garages were with a negative but I'd go into garages and blokes, team managers would literally tell you to piss off, to F off, to get the F off, what did you think you're asking me questions for just when you're trying to find your way in the world. And then there was other garages, your former boss, Gary Rogers, Dick Johnson um, and a couple of others that were absolutely fantastic um, and said whenever you need any help, you need any information, come in here. And for the next 10 years working on V8 supercars, I did everything I could to put positive spins on what was happening in those garages because that's human nature. And this is the world you're stepping into where you're going to be pulled in a thousand directions, you're going to be running a team, you're going to be looking after people that might have a mortgage to pay or one of the kids is causing trouble. It's an enormous job you're stepping into if you've got an initial th- let alone dealing with your man van Gisbergen and the drivers <laughs> who are the ones that always cause the friction yeah. ha- have you had a general think about how you're going to approach it Oh for sure for sure it's as you say it's a massive responsibility like
2: you're basic basically the well i'm I'm considering it as the livelihoods of fifty um, odd people directly at, at Triple Triple Eight Race Engineering,
1: which is a tremendous is, uh,
2: responsibility, isn't it? Huge, huge, huge. It's a, it's up to me to make sure that the the train is on the right track and heading in the right direction to so these fifty odd people can enjoy motorsport and have a and and uh, and make sure they've got an income to go home with to their families. Uh, for, for for a long time to come, that's 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 basically on my shoulders. If it doesn't happen, then there's no person beside me that I can that I can blame or, mm. or put the responsibility on. It's it's ultimately my my my, my role. Um, but as I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a confident person. There's a little bit of arrogance there, but there's there's a lot of self belief. I I honestly sit here and believe that I can do a good job, you know, and I can I can represent those people and make sure that um, that we do have a, a fantastic team for a long time to come. Huge shoes to fill. Roland has done an unbelievable job. He's lived, breathed motorsport. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people um, listening or watching in today that probably don't like Roland for one reason or another. But if you like motorsport and you've enjoyed motorsport for a long time, we owe a lot to that guy. He's been a huge part of making sure we've got a sport and making sure that uh, people like myself – have have earned a living out of motorsport here in this country, you know. So I've got I've got massive respect. So there's huge huge to fill. Uh, I've done I've worked alongside him. I've watched uh, and analysed his his actions and what he's done the last 15 years. Even though I I I wasn't fully focused on being a team manager back 15 years ago when I joined the team, I was still watching and analysing how we how he how he dealt with situations. Um, when you're new, of course, I'm going to make mistakes. There's going to be things where I, we, which I don't do 100% right, but overall, uh, i got massive respect for the, uh, for the people at, at AAA and I'll, I'll make sure I look after them for a long time to come. And, of course, it's a sport. It's a sport, Howie, where we want to bring as many people along the journey as we possibly can. Um, we absolutely respect our opposition. Um, we respect anybody, it's anyone at Supercars, anyone in the media. We, 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 we are thankful that they're... At the track, enjoying our sport and uh, and trying to make the trying to make it this big roller coaster that it is, you know. So, um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I, I hope I do a good job, but time will tell. I'm not, not going to sit here and say what I'm going to get
1: going to and going not to do. But um, um, let's let's just watch this space over the next five to ten years. Yeah, good luck, mate. And I must say, of all the sports I've been fortunate enough to work on the athletes and the teams in the last 10 years, it was always a pleasure to, you know, I'd, I'd go to three or four races a year and people could not have been more friendly and more inviting. In early 2000s, it wasn't always the case. So what you're telling me, if I end up back on a V8 supercar coverage, I can wander into the uh, garage that you're in charge of and, and come and have a chat and I won't get abused or kicked out. I'll be all good. hundred percent, mate. Welcome. You're welcome all the time. Good man. Trying to get your, trying to get your cameras under our wheel
2: arches <laughs> and show all our IP. <laughs> yes, I know. But then <laughs> That's our responsibility to make
1: sure that doesn't happen. But, uh, mate, you're welcome anytime. you and your whole crew. Good man. Uh, I always finish with the same question, Jamie, and you did touch on it at the start when you spoke to schools, but we're fortunate to have a lot of young people listening to this podcast that want to achieve success in their life. You have achieved a tremendous amount of success to this point, and I'm sure there's a lot more ahead of you, mate. And now, becoming a father, this will be uh, an even more important question for you, but for the youngsters that are listening that want to achieve a bit of success in their life, what advice would Jamie Wincup give them? Cool. There's, There's obviously plenty but and I, and
2: I can only go hey this is part of the book you know I can only I've got um beliefs and the way I you know I'm I'm going to be a father soon and I'm going to try to bring my children up on the on the things that I've experienced and and the those beliefs that I've gathered through my experiences you know so um, it's a, it, there's a lot of lot of pieces to the puzzle you know but fr- from my experiences yeah just not, not, not focus too far on the, on the end goal. Yeah, you've got to, of course, of course, of course have a dream, but it's, it's the, it's, it's, it's focus, focus what's in front of you, you know, try to maximise the scenario in front of you. Um, I've all, from what I've seen, there's always someone better off, there's always someone worse off mm. in life, you know. And for me, I can be, I can be looking, I can be um, focusing on, hey, I never made it to Formula One, you know, I never made it to, to a to an overseas category, but there are dozens and dozens of kids that I race go karts with who had probably the same skill as I did that didn't make it to the highest level in in Australian motorsport. Mm. You know, so you've just got to be grateful with what you've got. Try to make the most of every day. Um, and and I know it's cliche, but just enjoy your sport. You know, the as soon as mum and dad are pushing pushing too hard for. For son or daughter to develop too quickly, as soon as it's becoming a bit, of, you know, it's it, the enjoyment's not there, then that's that's sort of the start of the end, you know. Uh, just love the love the pure aspect of the sport. Just love the fact that you, for me, take a car to the track. We so we, we before that we're in the garage. We got a group of people. We build we build this car. We take it to the track and we try to go around the go around in circles quicker than everybody else. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. Someone's going to come in the middle. Um, but if you, you just got to enjoy that that basic, uh, concept of the sport, and once you lose track of that basic concept, that's um, that's the start of the end. Also, just just love the simple fact of getting a ball, trying to put it in the net, or trying to get it through the sticks, or getting a car and trying to go around a circle quicker than everyone else. Love that basic side of it, and um, enjoy anyone that's involved with sport is you've got to be grateful. You know, sport is one of the, sport's one of life's delicacies. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing that we've got. It'll be, it's been around for a long time. It'll be around forever. It's something that we all can
1: relate to and um, just, you, just enjoy, enjoy it for what it is. It's a great answer, mate. The book is called Drive of a Lifetime. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Long-time fan, Jamie. It's been a treat to have you on the podcast. Stay safe. Best of luck finishing off the season. More importantly, best of luck, everything moving forward as a family, and then uh, good luck with a new job, mate. Thanks for joining me on the show. No,
2: thank you, Howie. Appreciate mate. Appreciate you, uh, all the homework you've done. And, um, yeah, it's
1: awesome interview. Appreciate your time. Good on you, mate. Stay safe. Thanks, mate. There you go, Jamie Wincup, just a good bloke who drives cars really fast, really fast. The book, once again, is called Drive of a Lifetime. Like Jamie, it is sharp. Do not forget about our Ashes extravaganza starting next Thursday. If old mate Dars gets it finished, we are opening the bowling with Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson, I say, bang! Until then, peace and love. And we can do it
0: if we try, try, try.